Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Christian's Corner. I'm your host, Christian Millsaps, and today is going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking about an upcoming video game that I am really excited about, Valorant. We're going to be talking about the new Koenigsegg card that is going to be absolutely astounding. We're also going to be talking about and asking the question, why in the world did Tony Romo get $17 million? And we're also going to be talking about Liverpool's unbeaten run came to an end against Watford this past weekend. Let's get into it, guys. So first off, I just I just want to talk about Tony Romo here to start off the episode. When I heard that he was making, or he is going to make $17 million a year over 10 years, all right? So his actual contract, as reported on March 2nd via Twitter from Pro Football Talk, so it's going to be $180 million over 10 years, 17 every year. That's absurd, all right? Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys for $140 million back in 1989, and now Tony Romo is making more than that <laughs> to commentate football. Now, I'm not a big Tony Romo fan, never was when he played, nothing against him as a person, and I just didn't like the Cowboys, so there's that too. But I just don't like listening to him announce football games either. Sometimes he's he predicts things and it's really impressive, but half the time I'm just like, okay, get me another commentator, somebody who I actually want to listen to, because it's just not Tony Romo. I also don't like Troy Aikman, and you might say, well, you just have something against Cowboys quarterbacks. No, I don't. I just don't like Troy Aikman, and I don't have a problem with Tony Romo. I just don't think he's a good commentator, or at least one that I like. It's it's wild to me that the NFL, not the NFL, CBS is going to pay him this much money when a lot of players aren't going to be making that. Well, most players, the 1% might, but otherwise, most players aren't going to be able to make that. Michael Thomas was very vocal that this guy, a former player, now talking about a game once a week, maybe twice, is making more than pretty much every single NFL player except the top 1%. And I do agree with Michael Thomas. That is ridiculous. Tony Romo, no offense, nor does any commentator really, deserves $17 million annually. Especially Tony Romo. If you're going to give $17 million to a commentator, I mean, anybody else would be fine. I like Al Michaels. I really like Jim Nance. He's better than Tony Romo. Yet Tony Romo, who is his partner, is... (laughs) Again, I'm not going to say it again. It's just it's just wild to me. And I do agree with Michael Thomas in the sense that, one, money in sports is getting absolutely ludicrous. I mean, it's out of hand. And I'm not saying that we need to fix it or that there is a fix to it. It's just wild to me that you have people starving in the United States and around the world, and you're paying a dude $17 million to talk about football and half the time you know, you just don't even want to listen to him. It's wild to me. It's also wild to me that the players who are putting themselves out there, making the money for the NFL, and giving CBS the reason to broadcast the NFL, are making less than this guy. It, it's not right. It, it shouldn't be happening, but it is. It probably won't change, and a lot of players are probably really going to want to try and restructure their bargaining agreement with the NFL so that they can make more money. The only problem with that is the average player isn't going to be in the NFL for more than three to five years. So they want their money now. They don't care if they're getting 
underpaid maybe a smidge because most of those players aren't worth what Michael Thomas and others are. It's interesting to see. I, I think more will come about the story, not specifically about Tony Romo, but more in the sense of our NFL players getting paid enough when you look at the MLB and the NBA where you can play a player pretty much anything. It's it's surprising because the NFL is still, football rather, is still the biggest watched, the most watched sport in America. NBA is starting to catch up and the MLB, even though they're still making a substantial amount of money, is starting to die off a little bit, especially with younger kids. Less kids are playing it, less kids of color are playing it, which is a problem for the diversity of baseball, which I think is much bigger than whether or not you're losing viewership each season. Except there's players are still making way more than 99% of NFL. It's, it's wild to me. I, I still can't believe it or wrap my head around it because it's not like the NFL doesn't bring in enough money. I mean, for example, CBS is making enough off of the NFL to pay Tony frickin' Romo $17 million. That's that's bigger than most of the contracts he had in his playing days. Well, actually, it is bigger. That's That's ridiculous. This guy played at a fairly high level for the Dallas Cowboys and made less than he is now sitting in a chair talking about football. Then you have a guy like Michael Thomas who's making $2 million about more than Romo is annually, okay? So Michael Thomas, arguably, at least most would argue, that he is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. He's making just $2 million more than Tony Romo. Now, he is getting paid more, but he's actually playing. And most consider him the best at his position right now. Except he's only making $2 million more? That, that doesn't make sense to me, and I don't think that's right. Tony Romo who is sitting in a chair, like I said, making more money than he did in the NFL off of his biggest contract. Now, he had a contract, his his last contract with Dallas. He was making about the same each year, but it was not the same. It was not $180 million over 10 years, okay? We'll just point that out. So he might have been making the same annually, but he never had a contract that paid him $180 million. Now, back to Michael Thomas. This guy is putting himself on the line, fighting for New Orleans, trying to help them get to a Super Bowl. I think he deserves substantially more than Tony Romo does. Now, you can make an argument, well, first off, nobody really needs $17 million or $19 million. You're totally correct. But when something like CBS or the NFL is making so much money, you have to proportion those earnings equally amount among those who are most valuable to you. Michael Thomas is way more valuable to the Saints than Tony Romo is to CBS. Michael Thomas deserves more money, and NFL players who are actually playing the game deserve more money than a guy who's talking about the game. It's wrong, and the NFL needs to fix it. When you've got a league that's making so much money to not pay the players the correct percentage, it shouldn't go to the already rich owners who are making money off of the team and whatever else they're doing outside of football. The players who are bringing in the money, who are giving CBS a reason, 
an ability to pay Tony Romo. Obviously, CBS makes plenty of money off of other things, but they wouldn't be paying Tony Romo $17 million unless he was worth it in some way, shape, or form to them. Yet, NFL players are not making that much money. At least 99% of them aren't. Take the top 10 highest paid wide receivers, for example. Only four of those top 10 are actually getting paid more than Tony Romo. That's Odell Beckham Jr., Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones. I wouldn't say that the other six, guys like Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, Sammy Watkins, and Jarvis Landry, aren't worth more than Tony Romo is to the CBS than they are to their own teams. I'm not saying that they deserve $17 million. I'm not saying Sammy Watkins deserves that. I'm just saying that I imagine he's a lot more important to the Chiefs than Tony Romo is to CBS. They might not deserve 17, but I sure as heck know that Tony Romo does not. For the sake of the fans, for the sake of the players, and for those of us who don't want a lockout, the NFL needs to look at how they pay their players and really, really ask themselves, what do we need to do to make it better? Because these players deserve the right percentage of how much value they provide to their team. They're not getting that. At least most of them aren't where you've got guys who are not nearly as valuable maybe on an NBA team, but they're still making more than a guy who might be a little more valuable on an NFL team because, well, the NFL just doesn't pay their players correctly. It needs to change, and if the NFL doesn't want further problems, they really got to look at this, and they really got to go, you know what, I think we need to fix this, so let's actually do it. Now moving right along to a different kind of football, we're going to be talking about Liverpool's unbeaten streak that, well, it's not existent anymore. They lost 3-0 to Watford, a team that nobody would have expected Liverpool to lose to, and that be the team that ended their winning streak. It's baffling to me, and it wasn't just a, oh, Liverpool messed up, you know, Watford was able to sneak in a goal and win the game. No, Watford won pretty convincingly. They they doubled Liverpool shots. 14 for Watford, only 7 for Liverpool. But the even bigger statistic is Watford got 5 of those on target. Liverpool only got 1. That's atrocious. Liverpool might have dominated possession and passed it quite a bit more and quite a bit more accurately, but that didn't translate. And I say it all the time. Maybe I've never said it on this podcast yet, but possession isn't everything. They talk about it in American football. Oh, time of possession is important. Yeah, I mean, it is. But if you don't do anything with that time, then who who cares whether you had most of the ball the entire game? Liverpool had most of the ball the entire game, and they got crushed. It was sad to see, because I was really hoping, because Chelsea's not going to win the league, so, you know, I don't care who wins, as long as it's not Manchester City. I was hoping that Liverpool could tie Arsenal's unbeaten run and be the second Invincibles of the Premier League. It would have been awesome. It would have been a great story. Liverpool fans would obviously have loved that. I think neutrals probably would have loved that, and it would have just made a great story. To see them lose that in this game, in this fashion, it sucks for them. I mean, obviously, it doesn't really matter to the title race. They're still the favorites easily because, well, there's really no chance that they can lose it at this point. But it would have been cool to see them not lose an entire match the entire season, especially when they have a chance to go back-to-back and win a second Champions League. 
obviously they're going to have to beat Atletico Madrid in the second leg because, well, they lost 1-0 in that leg as well. And, well, I guess Liverpool's going on a bit of a losing streak now. They lost to Atletico Madrid in the first leg. Obviously, they can win the second leg, so that loss doesn't matter as much as this one to Watford. And then they lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup. Now, yes, it's the FA Cup. It's not as important as the Premier League or the Champions League, but still, it's a competition you would still want to beat one of the top four teams in the Premier League, but you didn't. And Chelsea has been struggling quite a bit, and I've talked about that a lot. So for us to be able to beat Liverpool, especially after they lost their previous two matches, it's pretty crazy, and I imagine that a lot of people are going, oh no, is this season going to end poorly? Again, obviously they're going to win the Premier League, but you don't want to go out to Atletico Madrid, a team that's, well, not known for their attacking play, and then also lose to Chelsea in the FA Cup. What does that mean for the rest of the season? Are you going on a downward slope? You don't want that. Regardless of whether or not you're going to win the Premier League, you don't want to end the season in poor form. You want to try and give everything you can in the Champions League and really make this a season to remember. If I was a Liverpool fan, I'd probably be a little bit worried now. Those are three big losses, ones that you didn't expect. I didn't expect the Atletico Madrid loss. I didn't expect the Watford loss. And even though I'm a Chelsea fan, I wasn't really expecting much from that match, yet we won it. Again, I'm not trying to raise panic, but if I was a Liverpool fan, like I said, it's a little concerning. You want them to continue to try as hard as they can to beat Atletico and push for a Champions League for the second season in a row. I don't know how this will be for their confidence. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I hope they can get it figured out because I really want as many Premier League clubs to progress into the quarterfinals and represent the Prem. Now let's talk about something that I'm really excited about but will never probably own in my life because it's $3 million. So for those of you who don't know who Koenigsegg is, they're a Swedish car maker and they make very high-end cars. Obviously, it's $3 million. They've made the Ugera, they've made the Ruggera. I don't know why they end in G-E-R-A all the time, but they are beautiful. They're super fast. I mean, they're everything you would want. Now, the Agera is actually illegal in the United States because it doesn't meet certain federal regulations for safety. So if you own one, you can't actually drive it on the road. But hey, you can say that you own one. And for me, that's half of the fun. And their newest edition, the $3 million car, that they're only going to make 300 of is going to be the Koenigsegg Gamera. Again, with the names, but whatever. It's going to be insane. And I think the best word for it is awesome, but absolutely unnecessary, all right? So it's at least, top speed is at least 250 miles an hour. It has 1,700 horsepower. It goes 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds. This thing is speed. It's the definition of speed. But the surprising thing is it's not a two-seater. It's actually a four-seater car. And not just, oh, two really small seats in the back. It's like full-sized four seats. And the two seats in the back actually come with built-in latches just in case you want to put a car seat in. How thoughtful, just in case you want to take your kid in a car that goes that fast. Why not? It's electric, so it's good for the environment. That's awesome. I'm all for that. And it's fast. Did I mention that? It also, to add to the absurdity of this car, it has eight cup holders. 
that's fine. I mean, nothing. Well, it's kind of overkill to have eight cup holders. But here's the best part. Four of them can heat whatever you have in them. And the other four can cool whatever you have in them. It also has onboard Wi-Fi, memory foam heated seats. Yes, very comfortable memory foam. And it's heated. And on top of that, just in case you want to read in your car going 250 miles an hour, you have four reading lights. Unnecessary. Probably don't need it. But hey, whatever. Maybe you want to read going super fast. Go for it. This thing is insane, okay? It's beautiful. I want one. It's too expensive, though. That sucks. Oh, well. You gotta admire it. It looks beautiful. I encourage you to go look it up. Now, it's kind of hard to spell Koenigsegg. I'm not going to spell it now because it's, it's pretty long. But if you have an interest, it actually will be in the show notes so if you want to check that out. It's beautiful. And I think it just absolutely shows what in 2020 we as a civilization in the world can do. I mean, it's all electric and it goes that fast. That's insane. I, I would have never thought about it. I mean, Tesla was pushing the limits. But now you've got this thing, a four-seater, and like a true four-seater. It's not just two small back seats like I mentioned. And it has a bunch of features that I don't see why you would need them in a car. But hey, if I'm paying $3 million, you might as well give them to me. If I ever want to read in my car for no reason, sure, I'll read. If I ever want to heat up my coffee, I'll do that. That's great. If I want to cool down my wine, which I wouldn't suggest, you could do that if you wanted to. Just don't drive. If you want to, I don't know, listen to a podcast or upload a podcast or play a video game on your phone, you can do it because you got Wi-Fi. Sweet. This, this could be your house. It could be your house. The only thing it's missing is a shower, a kitchen, and a bathroom. Otherwise, you're good to go. I mean, it's nuts. That's all I can say about it, and I want it so badly. Now, if you guys want to give me $3 million, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I would buy that car and every time I drove it, I would think of you as I'm going 250 miles an hour down my neighborhood for no reason in Southwest Virginia, because I can. It's in all seriousness though, it, it truly is amazing what car brands can do now. Tesla was pushing limits and now you've got this, which it's still unnecessary, but it's an amazing piece of work. What they were able to pack into this, it's phenomenal. It's super fast. It's got luxury things you would expect to have in a Rolls Royce, but you get it in something that can go up to 255, 250 miles an hour. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's, it's amazing that we are where we are in 2020 and have the technology to make something like this. I'm so excited as, as this technology develops and we get to see what each car brand can do. I mean, even Mustang is trying to make an electric Mustang. It's ugly as crap. Don't know why they thought the design of it had to be what it is. But it's just cool that car brands are starting to be able to use this technology and use the advantages that it has over gas. Obviously, with an electric engine, you can make it go a lot quicker because you don't have to worry about combustion of an engine. You just turn it on and it goes right away because electricity that's fantastic and I can't wait to see where it goes from here obviously I don't think right now especially because they're expensive and I don't have the money to do it electric cars aren't practical it takes too long to charge them they don't go as far as some cars do on gas now it is better for the environment but 
it's not right now for the most people in a lot of places in the United States practical. I know where I live, I can't really think of more than one place where you could charge your car outside of your own home. It's cool, and I think it's the future, obviously, but I mean, if this is just the beginning, I can't imagine where we'll be in 10, 15, 20 years. Love this car. Love how unnecessary it is. It makes it more enjoyable for me. And man, if I could own one of these one day, I think I would actually cry. I would actually cry. But with all jokes aside and moving on from that car, because it truly is magnificent, we're going to be talking about a video game, Valerian, a.k.a. Project A. It's being put on by Riot Games, and I'm glad that they're making it. It's a cross between Overwatch and Counter-Strike, and from what I can tell, works pretty well. And I'm ready for something competitive like this, because Call of Duty, Battlefield, they get really boring over time, right? And I was too late into the game to play Overwatch because, well, it would have been too much of a learning curve. Definitely too much of a learning curve for Counter-Strike. I tried. There's just no way. It would take way too much time to try and get good at that game when so many people have been playing it for years. I'm glad that there's a new competitive force coming into the gaming world, one that I can be just as much experienced in as the next person because, well, it's new. It's dropping this summer. There's not a specific date but it is coming this summer. They were actually going to invite some some people to play the game and really see what it's about. But, but unfortunately, because of the coronavirus, they actually canceled the event. And that sucks because everybody's wanting to get their hands onto this game. And for those who aren't invited, which is most of the population, we just want to see more gameplay. I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to really change up the competitive sphere of the gaming world. And I'm glad that I'll be able to hop on it and not feel like I'm playing against people who have years of experience ahead of me because we're going to be learning at the same pace. Well, not the same pace, but we'll be learning together. I'm excited for it because I want something truly competitive that hasn't been around for five or so years that I'm just not going to be able to pick up and learn and play at a high level when I'm going up against people who've spent hours upon hours on this game or any game for five or so years. So that's awesome. I look forward to it, and I hope that other games, or other developers, rather, try and build upon games like this, because Battle Royale games, they're fun, they're good. I'm all for Fortnite and Apex Legends, and Call of Duty is about to come out with their their own for Modern Warfare. It's cool. I like Battle Royale. i got nothing against it, but I like something nitty and gritty like this, something classic, 5v5, one round, not one round, but round after round after round. I think it's awesome, and it's going to be free to play. I love that business model from gaming developers. Make the game free, because you know you're going to make your money's worth when people are buying skins. And it makes someone like me, who doesn't really care about skins, super happy, because I can just play the game all I want, and not have to worry about paying anything for it. It's awesome. I love it. I can't wait to play it. And when it does drop, and I actually get my hands on it, you best believe I'm going to be talking about it and reviewing what I, giving my thoughts rather on how the game is. With all of that being said, guys, it's been a fun episode. We've, I think the theme for today's episode was unnecessary, an unnecessary car, a really unnecessary contract. It's been great. I'm excited. Spring break's coming up. Radford University, if we win tonight's game on March 5th, 
we'll move on to March 6th game. If we win that, we play in the Big South Tournament Championship, and we will get a. Sh- if we win that, we'll get into the NCAA tournament, which would be awesome for us. We're a smaller university, about 10,000 people, and I would love to see us get into the NCAA tournament. With that being said, though, guys, thank you for joining me on this crazy adventure. I hope you guys have a good week. If you're going to be on spring break, have fun doing nothing. Peace out, guys.